I'll do you a better one. Uh, I just yeah. had uh, Chinese food before the podcast, and now I'm in the runs. Not very. Oh smart. no! Oh no! I just I just did my first run right now. I just like all right, finish easily. Now I'm feeling like oh shit, round two is coming out. <laughs> Been there, done that. Yeah. Uh, do you have you has that ever ever happened to you on a show that you know you're you're DJing or you're about to DJ and all of a sudden you're like oh no. So like yes and no. I get it's weird because like I'll get like pre pre-show anxiety so that I get like I feel like I have to shit mm. and then it like I just I gotta go to the bathroom and then I'm good for the rest of the show I've never had like an incident in the middle of the show I, <laughs> and I don't want one but I'm sure it'll happen like it's going to happen I'll tell you what it, it has happened to me I, <laughs> just, 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 just force your way through, and then immediately run off stage. Yeah, something like that. Um, luckily for me, at that time when I when it happened, it was just one of those shows that I have to DJ all night as a upper format. So I just had to put a little mix and then just yeah. run quickly to the bathroom, and then, just and then come back. Yeah, yeah, and come back. Hopefully, hopefully. I can come back right before the mitts is over. Oh my god! Or just put like a twelve-minute song on and then, <laughs> and then run away. No, 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 no! That's even worse. That's even what? worse. If you put a four-minute song and then just, all of a sudden, just, just, just stress yourself out just a little bit. You got like blow your O-ring. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. No, no, no! I, ladies and gentlemen, do not do this, please. For the love of God, do not do this. If you're oh. on a show. Do Are we recording right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we oh, do it in the show, bro. We just record it right away. Person. You're a terrible person. I love it. <laughs> hey, sometimes we need to bring a little bit of laughter into the audience, you know? We can't be serious all the time, you know? Hi, everyone. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, wow. Great, great publicity. Uh-huh. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Liquid death. I haven't never tried liquid death. It's just really um, water. I'm not really like a sponsor, sponsor, um, or I rather have a sponsorship with them, but they sent me four boxes of, of liquid death, two sparkling and two water. It's pretty, pretty water. Honestly, it's pretty, pretty solid. I like it. But what makes it so like unique liquid death? Like, I mean, it's it's not necessarily the water itself. It's just like the company. They do a really good job of promoting uh, like the that their environmental ways of like because because it's a lot more easy for someone to take aluminum and recycle it versus mm-hmm. taking a plastic bottle and recycling it. And every 10 percent of the products they make um, help kill plastic pollution. That, that's what they aim for. So, oh, as a. As an environmentalist myself, not like an extreme environmentalist, but as someone who cares about the environment and, mm-hmm. and tries at least to do their part, I can definitely support a brand that's also doing theirs. That's actually pretty dope. So you yeah. so you can safely say that you live in the West Coast, right? I am a California boy. Yes, I'm about an hour south of LA. So you've been born and raised there in Cali. So you're already used to that whole beach life with... You know, picking up the trash from the from the messiness and all that crap. Yeah. So I mean that's that's been kind of engraved in any child's mentalities. I mean, so Orange County is mm. is I 
South, I live in South Orange County, which is known as being like this, you know, rich haven paradise. Yeah. Um, I am not in that group. I'm just lucky enough to live here. My family were like, you know, middle class, well to do. Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm surrounded by wealth everywhere I go. But in school and everything else, there's always been a, um, a enforcement of like, do your part, recycling, beach cleanups, you know, like. It's just kind of like more knowledge about the environment, I guess, there rather than some other places. That's actually pretty cool, man. Um, I can relate because um, I lived, I used to live in Puerto Rico. So, so surrounded by us at a whole island itself, you know, and the island itself, we, we encourage it very much because um, you can say Puerto Rico is like one of the be- has one of the best beaches in the whole entire Caribbean Sea, you know. Like, Aren't they focusing a lot of solar too right now? Isn't that something that they're 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 putting a lot of effort into? I think little by little, really, you know, they, yeah. they're, they're trying to become a, a bit more green over there, yeah. you know. Sure, but you know, you're, you're sur- It's an island surrounded by many people who owns boats, and sometimes some of these people who own boats, these richy, rich folks, you know, yeah, um, they don't protect the environment as they should. Now, they are the essential to the rule of the people that I know. They they do care about the environment. They do care about the, the species and all that stuff and everything's protected by it, you know? Needless to say, you still got the few rotten apples here and there that, you know, they just really don't give a fuck. And it's, it's an unfortunate thing, especially... If like if you go to Puerto Rico or any of the beaches, you you see like man, this is so fucking beautiful, man. Like it's amazing. Yet you got cans and bottles yeah, all rushed, washed all, up, all, all sorts of shit everywhere. Yeah, bro. It's like it shows you just how little we care about protecting <laughs> the environment. It's like, well, guys, so yeah, Mother Nature eventually will. Earth will Earth will be here forever. Yeah, per se. Yeah, they, they, there's always a say that the that the only way for Puerto Rico to disappear from the map, if it's a volcano erupts from within the island, because mm. the island was created by a volcano. So when people say like, no, we got to be careful with the tsunami warnings. I'm like, motherfuckers, tsunami, so, tsunami is never going to happen in Puerto Rico. So Puerto, Puerto Rico came as a volcano and will leave as a volcano. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. That's the only way, bro. Because um, they say tsunamis, but it's like, dude, we're, we're literally up. If you look north of Puerto Rico, it's the Atlantic Ocean. And Atlantic Ocean has a couple of plateaus and a couple of reefs that can mm-hmm. actually stop a tsunami yeah. from happening. Because There's enough of a deterrent. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And if you go south of Puerto Rico, it's, be- it's basically the Caribbean Sea and South America. Africa can conduct on down on the bottom, but the disaster won't be that devastated. It's just like yeah. a small little, like six feet or seven, ten feet wave. It's not gonna be a twenty feet that they'll wipe it out. So Got it's it. nothing's gonna nothing's gonna kill Puerto Rico unless it's Puerto Rico itself. I like that. I can get behind that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hopefully, then, hopefully that doesn't happen. We're gonna hope, we're gonna wish the best. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> I'm just trying to get my parents to get the fuck out of there. So it's like when it when disaster does happen, it's like, well, guys, I mean, that's it. We're, we're yeah, we're out of there. Then again, we get hurricanes on a yearly basis. So it's like Yeah. Know. Y'all used to it. Yeah. You guys get used to with the whole earthquakes, right? Earthquakes are so few and far in between, and like they're they've been talking about the big one. I love to tell if what they call it now or 
or what have they they've been calling it for a while but it, we're supposed to get essentially just based off of all this previous evidence and geography and understanding like mm. fault structure and everything we're supposed to have this massive massive earthquake soon but soon could be tomorrow or like what 200 years from now mm. so who knows so, not not in my wheelhouse of knowledge i just like to read up on things I that's mean, pretty much the, that's that's really like the only natural disaster we get that and fires lots of lots of fires just really and, sad and you guys get, got one last year right if i'm not yeah. mistaken so i went to school at ucsb santa barbara and uh oh. i when i was there there were the thomas fires so right above the hills of ventura um it was i believe it was a power line sparking or something like that it was a faulty line oh and it erupted and burnt like the entire top of ventura and then it started to creep towards santa barbara it came all the way through the through the, the canyon and like that entire land so it creeped north there was this huge block of land and on if you google it there's a satellite image that you can see of the smoke trailing off into the pacific Jesus. You, you know even you could see it as clear as day that central California was being absolutely destroyed by a fire. It's surreal. Damn, that's sus. Like they, bro. They, they didn't they didn't want anyone to go outside. Like it was like you know how you like you check your phone for like weather reports and mm-hmm. it'll, it'll tell you like what the quality of the air is. It's like you know it's green all the way to like like magenta like like purple mm. it was purple maxed out like highly unhealthy like like dangerous like hazardous for about three weeks so they didn't want anyone to go outside stay inside stay sheltered they're mandatory evacs uh i didn't work for the first time ever for the holidays because i i'm in hospitality so we never closed during the holidays so christmas new year's mm. to hotel so we never closed first time in several years that i was able to actually get three to four weeks off and spend it with my family because the hotel was in a mandatory evac zone. And they were like, everyone get the hell out of here. Let's go. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was intense. That was 2017, 2017. I think that was 2017. Damn. That's so that, really. that had to be like the biggest disaster California has ever faced. Well, I mean, it depends, depends where, I mean, it's, it's hard to, I mean, there's so many different wildfires. We had the Santa Rosa wildfires in Northern mm. California that decimated a bunch of homes and really killed some people. We've had earthquakes destroy things. And like, you know, yeah. like I think there was an earthquake in like the 1910s that decimated all of San Francisco. Like it, it's such a great varied bag here, but whether, whether in terms of like hurricanes or anything like that, not necessarily a forte. Uh, not a thing. Yeah. You know, Hurricanes, I we still get it. Me living here in Miami, I still get hurricanes, man. And yeah, I'm already used to the idea of hurricanes. Like to me, is like okay, gotta face this. I already know what to do. But yeah, humans are just funny. Mm. <laughs> as soon as disaster hits, it's like oh my god, the world's gonna end. I'm like chill. Oh the yeah, fuck down. It, you know, it's two people. You have two people that like one. One person either cares a lot and is thinking like the whole world's gonna fall apart, and then you have other person that doesn't care at all, and it's just like, okay, here we go. If I die, I die. Who knows? You know, it's just it's it's funny that these humans are so polarizing like that between yeah. someone who loves and cares about everything, and it's like thinking the worst, and the other person is just completely apathetic. 
I don't I don't know. It's just I I'm I feel like I'm be- I'm in the both ends because I do care, but at the same time, it's like like dude, we know what to do every year. It's not like it's something new that's coming here. It's yeah. like it's not it's not like oh my god, I gotta get this right now. It's like no, we got three days. Yeah, you, if you got three days you, to prepare, you prepare yourself, yeah, like you know what to do, you like, know what you, to do. Yeah, this before, yeah, yeah. yeah you don't, ask, you, you don't need to neighbor. fuck out and say like, oh my god, I need to yeah. buy all the toilet paper in the world. It's like, no, ask your neighbor, ask your friends. <laughs> what do I? Yeah, no, there's lots of resources at your disposal. So anyway, enough about weather. <laughs> How do you start a podcast talking about weather? <laughs> Only in the Lone Wolf podcast, man. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Let's go, let's go, baby. Now, something that actually piqued my interest with what you say earlier during our weather talks and natural disasters that may come down in this world. Um, you say hospitality. You used to work for a hosp- hospitality. You were um, in the hotel industry? Still am. So got to pay the bills somehow before right. I get to some sort of level of uh, music producer that can pay, you know, his his wages or no other way around before i i'm still working a day job or mm-hmm. two before hopefully i make it to a point where i have enough money being made from making music to not have a day job hopefully it's really hard sometimes hopefully, yeah it's looking like it's soon but who knows um i think i started doing hospitality in 2014 that's when i started working mm. in the industry and i haven't stopped since so okay. I've, been, I've been i've been a valet for a long time um, I work for a resort out here, and then I also work for an independent ballet company a little bit north of me as well at a, at a restaurant. That's how I make my money. And it's been pretty lucrative. You know, it's a lot of hard work because not only are you ba- balancing physical labor because you're running around, you're yeah. sprinting, you're also learning about geometry and trigonometry and angles when you're parking cars. You literally, you know, yeah. like, busy on a busy day, you have like a sixth sense of like how to actually figure out how to move all mm. of these, you know, it's such a high volume of cars. How do you put them all in one place? Playing um, Tetris and all this shit. Literally, I refer to it as car Tetris. I actually <laughs> say that to our guests. Like, sorry about the wait, everyone. I feel like I'm playing car Tetris today. And they're like, oh, that makes sense. It's okay. You yeah. know, whatever. So there's that aspect. And then the other aspect is that there's a lot of emotional labor because you are mm. investing a little bit of time and effort into everyone that you meet. And you have these little 30 second windows to get to know someone. It's different for when you're actually at the resort because they're checking in. And yeah. so you're, you know, you're asking them, she's like, oh, welcome to the resort. Are you checking in today? Excellent. Can I grab your bags for you? Have you been here before? What brings you in? Are you your family? You know, you have to like anticipate what their needs are in order to deliver on that experience at the resort versus at the restaurant that I work at as a valet. They're a lot more casual. If they want to spark in, you know, conversation, they will. And you can kind of, run on that for as long as you want but there's no rules engaged as to like what i'm supposed to say to them mm. which is nice because some people don't want me to say anything to them they just want to get out of the car and enjoy themselves and then other mm. people are wanting to talk all the time and just talk about literally anything and we'll just go on and on and on which is fine because i like to talk That's, but that does get exhausting the emotional labor of having to put that effort in right and, you know all these new people I think that's almost what tires me out more than me actually like running around. Cause I, I like going to the gym. I like working out. I like being fit. Mm. And I think genuinely like talking to people on that emotional level is, is more exhausting than physical. That's very interesting. And I can understand your point of view and your position to where you are right now. Cause my brother, my younger brother, who who's my roommate as well. Um, he used to work for valet 
for a few years as well. Downstairs in our own apartment complex, ironically. Yeah, he tells me all these stories about the valet and how how everything that you just told me, I, I get the same thing here. In his condition, he always gets the 7 out of 10. He always gets the, the nasty people. It's a little bit better here. Well, I mean, it's hard. From my experience, I guess I've been lucky enough to mm-hmm. meet some really interesting people. Like, I've I've been hugged by Oprah, which is really neat. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, I, <laughs> That's when I, fire. When I, <laughs> when I, yeah, when I was working in Santa Barbara, um, I was working at a resort called the Picara, and uh, that was like her usual hangout spot because she lives in Montecito. Yeah. So that's about 20 minutes, uh, yeah, like 25, 30 minutes south of where the Picara was in Goleta, which is right next to the, the campus. And I opened the door for her and her driver. I believe she was getting with her pilot, and they were flying to somewhere else in the country. And I opened the door and said, like, oh, my God, I'm such a big fan. Like, it's nice to meet you. And she gave me a hug and said, thank you. That's fine. So... That's I've fun. had lots of those experiences, but I've also met the worst of the worst yeah. of humanity. So I try and not let those people affect. Yeah, it, it, and then it's unfortunate. Um, he actually met Canelo and Juwan That's Howard. Sick. I think. That's sick. Yeah, like, and he's a huge Heat player or fan, like one of the best. And he wants to be a. Uh, he's working as a sports analyst right now for his own radio show in Florida. But he wants to work on that ESPN level. Mm, he wants to be sure. a, so. In the meantime, he had to do like valet as well, you know, to pay off the bills and get, feed himself, you know. But he, yeah, I sure. see himself, and he's like working twelve-hour shits, and and he, and just like can't, just like you, he's just a person that's bouncing all around all the time. Like he can't sit still. Like he can't. He, he'll lose his yeah. shit. He will yeah. lose his shit. So for him to see him drain the fuck out on ballet, yeah. that must be tough, you know? My, so I, uh, my my girlfriend like sees me come home sometimes and she's like, what the fuck happened to you? I'm like, oh, I'll talk about it. I'll talk about it tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to go to bed. I love you. Peace the fuck out. And that's it. Because sometimes I just, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot, yeah. a lot because it's, you know, it's it's like reading a, a comment on your Instagram. Like you can get a hundred and one beautiful comments of people praising you for something that you posted, and like everyone's so friendly and nice. And you get that one comment that ruins everything. And yeah. That's the one that you focus on. Yeah. Same thing with you know any any human engagement at your at your workplace. They just know how to press your buttons and ruin your whole fucking day. I swear to God. So it's a it's a balancing act as life goes. You know. That's how my life as well was in working at the Clevelander Hotel as a stage coordinator. But the, the, the name itself means shit. The, the actual meaning of that title is that I'm the artist liaison, the dancer liaison, I'm the audiovisual tech, I'm the sound engineer, I'm the LED programmer, the VJ, sometimes the DJ. I had to DJ m- myself while other DJs w- come over late and sports guy and light guy and haha and cuckoo and other shit sometimes <laughs> a psychologist fucking translator too but because golly I, I speak both languages i can translate for somebody who doesn't yeah, translate no, so it's course. like oh great thank god good you know lord. good lord oh yeah my don't, you, don't you love the industry isn't that great <laughs> I'm I'm excited to get out. Trust me, I've I've done my time. I've almost been in it for a decade now, and like 
I am ready to be my own boss and not someone else's. You know, good. like that's like good. La- lackey, I'm tired yeah. of be the minion. Of, yeah, I'm tired of being a minion for sure. I've I've reached a a slight breaking point in my mental health that I'm like, okay, you know, you're you're this close. You just gotta suck it up a little bit longer. You're almost done. But God, are you excited to not do this? Before we get a move on before that, let's talk about a little bit more about that mental health thing, man, because not not enough people talk about this sort of stuff. And it does. Oh, my mental health is fucked. Let's talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Hey, everybody gets mentally exhausted like shit. (laughs) (laughs) I can talk about that for days. Let's go. Yeah, I mean. Uh, tell, tell me tell me what has been like the worst time that you felt like fuck me today they beat me at, at work specifically talking about like you know, a, a, a workplace issue um, yeah generally in work yeah I think perhaps it's one of those things where like especially at the sometimes no matter what you do it's not good enough mm. so if someone has a predetermined expectation of the location that they arrive at and not what they get it or not where they thought they were going to get in their head they start to switch this attitude like okay well why can't you do this why can't you do that why you know so if someone for instance like wanted a ride to our downtown area right next to the resort um but we don't have a house car so we don't we don't have transportation at our property to do that and it's not said anywhere on the website that there is. Someone will literally berate you like, well, I don't want to pay for an Uber. I don't want to order a taxi. Like, why can't you do this for me? And I'm like, well, it's just not a function of what we can do. I mean, we can try and organize one for you, but like, it's, it's not a complimentary offer, but we're more than happy to like help you in yeah. ordering one. And then they start acting all snooty and like, you're like, well, well, I'm paying enough money to be here. Like, why can't you deliver mm. on this for me? And it's like, I just explained. I just said yeah. that it's not a service we offer. I'm doing my very best to give you what you want and what you need. And in the capacity that I can, I'm not a manager. I'm not God. So please let me do what I can to help you so we can get you to start enjoying your day. Well, why can't you do it? And at this point, I'm literally just like pulling out my hair. I'm trying to like break away from the conversation before I like, you know, blow up on them. And I have very good willpower to not do that. But some people just don't listen to what I have to say when I'm, when I'm trying to help them and are, you know, in the hospitality industry, the customer's always right is, you know, that's been a thing, but also like you can't say no. Yeah. So if you can't say no, how do you deliver and, and almost make it a yes? By assisting them, even though it's a no, like you still have to flip it and help them. Even when you do that and you do everything in your power, it's yeah. still not enough for these people sometimes. So it's just it's like a it's like a yin yang, you know, push of like you it's just and never it's like it's it's like an immovable object and an unstoppable force. Nothing happens and there's no there's no consolation, there's no movement, and it's just a, a revolving cycle and you just lose your mind. And that happens a lot. And you lose. You lose either yeah. way. No, you're, always, a- you're always going to lose yeah. and you start to lose your mind. It's great. Yeah, bro. Like I, I had those situations so many times in which people want to get on the fucking stage and request the DJ. Hey, can you play this? Can you play this? It's like, ladies, you can't 
going stage. Oh, but I got a bottle. It's like doesn't mean anything. Please get off the stage. Yeah, just get off the stage. And they still go on the stage and start doing dancing and shit. I'm like, what the fuck, bro? It's like, and then I get bitched at. It's like, why didn't you tell them get off the stage? It's like, I can't forcibly get them off the stage. Yeah, if you give I'm me also, the permission, I'm also, I'll do it. I'm also, I'm also doing a job that you asked me to do, and I can't do everything at once. Yeah. Why aren't, you, why aren't you supporting me and having someone else ask them when I'm clearly busy? No, no. They expect you to do to be the one man army. You know, they you want to be everything, everything, everything. Be the psychologist, be the psychiatrist, be the fucking me- daddy and mommy and guide Audience, these motherfuckers. The record, I'm currently holding my middle fingers up to that concept in case you can't read my mind through the microphone. Yeah, just for the li- <laughs> listeners from Spotify and SoundCloud and all those platforms. Yeah, we're, he's doing the middle finger, you know, in case you guys <laughs> not aware of it. But yeah, guys, and we deal with this shit. Constantly, it's not. It, it was something like once in a while, sure, okay, whatever. No, it's almost. It's almost like every other ship we get something like this, guys. And my, I mean, lo- I mean, at least it's character building. You know, I have to look at it. Yeah, glass half full. it better prepares me for the rest of the world that I come in contact with. Even though it's not something I hope for, at least I can better prepare myself for any sense of narcissism or entitlement that comes my way so i know how to either diffuse it or get out of that situation to not be involved in that right situation. builds your so tough I'll skin take that. I'll tough take skin that. yeah i mean so. if you look at it like the glass half full way then absolutely you know this is just all an experience you know stuff that you will deal in your life and and you'll be grateful when you're looking back it's like fuck man that was a tough time that I had to handle, but good for I handle it because look how I'm handling things now. Yeah. 95% of the days that I live, I'm glass half full. There are definitely that 5%. I'm like, God damn, I'm going to hit everything. So it is what it is. There was just that one time in which I was like in my lowest point in my life, bro, because I had uh, I was living next to my work. I had a shitty apartment, which AC gets breakdown once in a while. So it's like a very cooped up apartment. Um, I get rat infestation because the rats mm. go underneath my kitchen because I'm underneath a sewage. I get tra- rats all the time. So I'm not even welcome in my own place. I go out and work. Work is always like a bitch. I, I was eating unhealthy. I couldn't do any music. I was just very, very, very depressed. Very, and I'm very low point in my life for a few months. Yeah. And I decided to just like, all right, fuck this. I'm moving out. I'm going to be moving in my parents' apartment for the time being because I can live my life like this. And I need to do something because I'm not producing music. So I started doing hobbies. I started playing um, Yu-Gi-Oh. There you go. I used to play Yu-Gi-Oh. That was my favorite card game. I was. I'd never gotten a Pokemon, but I definitely was into Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh is still one of those games that I still enjoy to this to this day still play playing competitively and it's one of those games that I thank God that I came back to it because I has saved my life once or twice you know you know That's it's awesome. all, it's only because of it because it's not be much of the the competitiveness of it it's more the fact that I'm just having fun sure yeah it gives you enjoyment it's what we all it's all, all we aim for you know so What's be- life without enjoyment? 
Exactly. So because of that enjoyment, I've been starting to move forward in my direction, starting to meet up new people, new artists, working with certain people, move out and then quit my job and got myself a better job that I still working today. It's a still nine to five, but it's the job that I wanted for the longest time. It gives me enough liberty to do a lot of things and like the podcast, which is like the best thing that's ever happened in my life since the pandemic hit, you know, it was like, Love it. I'm, I'm enjoying with this shit. And I see myself on a long-term basis. It's, it's stuff like that. Like I do agree that it does build you character. It does build you tough skin, you know, on those times I never saw it. At those times I felt it was like nothing's ever going to achieve or never nothing, 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 nothing was ever going to be on my way. But you know, it's all because of the support of my family and, and my friends that, you know, guide me to where I am right now and get got me out of that dark place. And I think happiness has a lot to do with your levels of tolerance for shit. Mm. And I think I, I know, I mean, currently I life is not perfect. I tolerate a lot, but the little moments of sheer happiness that I get regularly, like the, the time mm. spent with my girlfriend, like my girlfriend and I dated, we, we broke up for a little bit of time because I was trying to figure out myself and my career. And then we got back together. Like I'm deeply in love with that woman. Like, Hanging out with her, like, bless. I, I, I do my best to not take it for granted. I know mm. she's probably the best thing that ever happened to me. So I, I do love her a lot. Those moments that we spend them together, super happy. Playing shows, making music, super happy. And, you know, all those moments in between with hanging with friends and everything, all of that allows me to have a higher level of tolerance for all the bullshit I also do, you know? So if you don't have happiness and incapacity, yeah, the world's going to be really fucking dark all the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, it, I think, I think, and that's the thing too, is like, it. I'm glad you've established that you need your hobbies. Cause I know a lot of people that don't have hobbies. Mm-hmm. They're very, very like autopilot. Like they wake up, they go to work. They maybe, maybe like a lot of people I know their only hobby is playing video games. So, and I, I'm a big believer in like, you need to be in like some sort of creative to like get whatever's in here out on yes. paper or something like that, you know? Yeah. It's almost therapeutic and like cathartic a little bit. And a lot of people I know don't have any of that hobbyist attitude or mentality. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, guys, you just need to express yourself some way. Like just get and it out there. Do stuff out there. Just anything, don't, literally yeah. anything. You could you could draw, you could, you know, carpentry, go to go to go pottery. Go fucking do a go to the park and walk in the park. Just yeah, enjoy yeah, any, the fucking view anything. and just yeah. ride a bike or skateboard or yeah. fuck no, whatever make a, you make want. A, make a map of your favorite parks and figure out how long it takes to do each one. Like, yeah. like literally any, anything, anything. Be creative. I feel yeah, I can agree that lately there's been people that don't have that creativeness. Like they're much more like laid back because of they got so many resources for them that, you know, it's like there's no it's no need for me to do a go out extra of what I'm normally doing. And because why why should I do more extra? I'm always tired, man. Like I need something just to chill and and whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know what? That's not bad. Okay. It's it's not bad, but if you make it sound like make it the excuse of not doing anything, then you'll make the excuse to do that for everything else. Too, exactly. You know? And well, exactly. and the thing is, the, the thing is, too, is also like you don't have to be a creative person to express yourself. I no. think that's what a lot of people are afraid of, because like, I mean, shit, that's <laughs> that was me for a good several years of my life before I started making music. Like, you know, I never thought it was 
The only thing I was ever good at creating was like Legos. I really liked doing Legos when I was a kid, but I know a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people that like stop themselves and they just say it like outright. They're like, Oh, I'm not creative. Like I wouldn't be good at that. Like, okay, well, did you, did you try? Did you, did you? Yeah. See my, my fucking man, my fucking man right, right there. He's got a little miniature tie fighter, ladies and gentlemen. That's, a Lego that's tie right. Fighter, that's right. Let's go. Let's go. But I mean, it's, 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 I mean, I, I know what I went through and I, I took a lot of willpower and a lot of determination to break through certain like mental barriers that I have. But you absolutely don't have to be a creative person to find ways to express yourself. And I think that's a lot of why people feel so stagnant in where they are in life because mm. they don't have either a belief in themselves to try new things or they just are scared to and don't want to fail you know what i mean like it's, I, it's yeah not, it's not it's not fucking easy it's not fucking no easy. of not course not easy at all i have to repeat that so many times it's not fucking easy it's so easy <laughs> and <laughs> i and i'm with you i think i think the the main reason is because they're scared they're scared to fail or they're scared to like failure is terrifying well, of course it stuck. is being a loser in anything is not does not feel good. That's not a good feeling. You feel like garbage. Mm -hmm. It's up to you to decide what to do with that information next, though. And a lot of people don't know what to do with it. You know, it's that so. it's that it's that it's the fear of unknowns. Like, what if this? What if that? What if this and that? It's like, what if that happens? OK, deal with it. But you're not dealing with it right now. Right. So fucking no. do something about it. Push it it's out. Like, you it know? takes a lot of practice. And I also think, you know, people need to do baby steps. Yeah. Someone that's, you know, wants to be uh, a master artist, you know, like, like, oh, today I want to learn how to like draw like a circle, like literally like relearn how to draw shapes versus like someone like, I'm going to learn how to paint a face today. Like, okay, well, that's, those are two different things. One's a lot easier and you can start with that as a building block. And then the other is like a massive project that you're probably going to fail on a lot harder. You know yeah. I mean? And I think it's about expectation too. And setting those expectations and having a little bit more like grounded sense of reality, which people yeah. are also trying to figure out. <laughs> Isn't the human brain fascinating? <laughs> you were brain wild. Yeah, bro. Like th there's, uh, there's times in which you're like, how on earth this shit functions? Like <laughs> I ask that every day, man. <laughs> I really do. Sometimes it, it's both. It's both miraculous and beautiful and also confusing and mind-numbing. And it's and it's funny enough to say like, you know, when you build something and you see the end product, you feel like this sort of like, holy fuck, I did this. Like, see, then, wow. Uh, I suffer from imposter syndrome because I have oh, a, I've, I've had a, that's a, a dangerous thing. I've had a sense of low self-esteem for a long period of my life. And mm. finally, you know, in the last several years, I feel a lot more comfortable with myself and I feel a lot more confident in who I am. But there's there are moments like there's no fucking way I did that. Someone I am I am a puppet. Someone is a puppeteer. Yeah. Doing my hands and shit. I, this is not, you know, obviously it's unrealistic to actually think that, but it sometimes feels surreal, you know? And you feel that a lot of times when you're making some of your songs? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of my song process, too, is like, you know, you listen to a lot of producers talk about music and 
like you'll watch a tutorial or something and you'll recreate it and then you realize it doesn't have that like impact that the song that you're trying to recreate does and mm-hmm. the reason is, is a lot of the times the song that that person made it's a happy accident they you know a lot of the time it's just a lot enough fucking around and something cool comes out of thin air like oh, yeah I did that I did that. Okay, we're gonna go down this route. You know what I mean? That is the art of the ma- the, the ma- that's the magic of the music. Yeah. Literally, just happy accidents happening in thin air. Happy you gotta accidents. follow that road. You know what I mean? It's okay. You know, it's just a happy accident. <laughs> yeah. We can work it out. <laughs> start start getting very zen. Zen. Life is a happy accident. You are a tiny speck, and you are allowed to do what you want. You know, just start, just start namaste everywhere. Yeah. Namaste, bitches. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that in my sets. <laughs> namaste, bitches. Drop the mic, walk away. <laughs> See, take that. Thank See, you, brother. No, of course, man. <laughs> Inspiration, man. It comes and goes out of nowhere. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I fucking love it. Do uh, I, I get that sometimes when when I don't think I don't think necessary music is very rare when I get like that like I feel like what the fuck did I fucking did this I don't know why I feel like every time I'm making music I was like I'm expected to do this like yeah this is something I I should have been doing this like I'm blown away I did it yeah the end result but it's like eh. I think I'm more dead when I'm when I'm playing. When I think when I'm playing Yu-Gi-Oh, that's when I feel like, oh my god, did I just did this? Because I, sometimes I'm just too stupid playing it, and I, I make that. and I make like the dumbest mistakes. I'm like, fuck, like I should have not done that. But then yeah. I somehow make the biggest comeback in the century. I'm like, oh my god, no what way. the fuck? I just like what? Huh? Nani? Oh, I mean, I I think you know that there's. It, it's a combination of like belief in yourself to do it and also like chance that you're able to do it. And when those two points meet at the right time, and you're like, oh, what the fuck? Oh, you're about to have company in, in this podcast. Oh, who do we got? Who do we got? Believe it. This is Maisie. She's my favorite cat. She's a little asshole sometimes, but she's my favorite. Ah. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Bye. Okay. We're back. <laughs> I can't leave now. She'll, she'll probably help him out in a second. Sure. I, I heard her. I heard her clawing at the door. I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> Speaking of little moments of happiness, that cat has done a lot for me in the last several months than nothing else has. Really? You know, I, I lost both my uh, lost both my cats in 20. They both died. Uh, I think it was like a three month difference in between. So first it was Pepper, and then the other cat Pearl. And oh. I'm sorry to My hear family, that. Oh, I, you know, they, you know, I've had them for, I think it was like 13 to 15 years, something like wow. that. So they, you know, they, they live decent lives, but I'm only 25. So that, and that's when that's over 60% of your entire lifehood that you yeah. are with an animal. It's definitely a lot more impactful. And I've never actually lost an animal to death before. All the other mm. ones had like run away in mm. some capacity. So for like seven months of absent, animals like i literally was just like fuck this like this house is lonely like let's get some love in this shit so literally i found a cat and she was the last one in her litter she was one of five kiddos 
And I went to go to PetSmart on adoption day and she was all by herself, all alone. All of her siblings got picked up. She was the last one. And she literally just like melted in my arm and chose me. And the PetSmart lady was like, I haven't seen a cat bond with a human like that in like six years. You you have to take her home. And I'm like, she she's fucking mine. <laughs> you, 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 you didn't have to say shit. Like, I'm not going anywhere without her. Like, you can't have her back. And she's like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, fuck yeah. So fuck I literally, yeah. the rest is history. She's she's a little shithead. She is. She's like me. <laughs> she's 90% awesome and 10%. What the fuck is wrong with you? But like, you know, that's a maybe that's a reflection of who I am. I don't know. Does she give you the the death stare like when you do something stupid and you're like and she's like the hell's wrong I, with you human? I, I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> she, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, everyone does that. My my girlfriend included. My girlfriend and Maisie actually have the similar face sometimes. With like, like, fuck is wrong with you? So it's fine. It all works out. I well. I don't get I don't get that with my fiance. She she normally she's like. She just laughs. It's like, oh, you're so cute. Oh, okay. <laughs> Lauren never does that maliciously. She always has a smile on her face and a laugh. <laughs> but she will start off sarcastically with a, I can't believe you've done this kind of face. And then she'll <laughs> laugh and tell me I'm stupid and then kiss me. And like, oh, you're so cute. So I get that. She likes to play it off like she's actually mad and then she's not. So. Nah, I, I, I'm, I got the straight honest part of the laughs. <laughs> <laughs> you're so cute you're so cute baby <laughs> i love that that's a healthy relationship right there absolutely man like i'm very honest and upfront with shit so and she's the same so like our communication is like level 1000 you know yeah i lauren and i are constantly working on our communication i think mm. I think from previous relationships and also just life experiences, I think we both have certain tendencies which kind of result in us shooting ourselves in the foot mm. more than her because she's very open. But sometimes, you know, kind of getting her to make a decision on something, I think she right. wants to please me. And then mm. I also do the same thing to please her versus like actually having the confidence to be like, oh, I don't like this. We should do this versus like, Oh yeah, you know that that's okay. We can do it. like no, like we should be able to be you know adults enough to like say what we want. And I know I I don't do that enough, and it's something I'm doing my best to work on because I think it's but, a but that's good. It's, it's 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 like a pleasing quality that can right. like that has been like over uh, abused in previous mm, like rich. relationships in right. life. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's you know something I'm always trying to strive to get better at. I mean. From I had that same ideology with, with my previous relationship. I, it was very toxic in which it was more about yes, 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 yes. Without me saying no. If I say no, then it's like all hells break loose. And if I do one mistake, it's all hell break loose. There wasn't that communication. And the reason there wasn't any communication is because, you know, there wasn't a good time to talk about it. Because if we do talk about it, then all the blame is on me. Like, I'm the reason sure. why shit is is down the crapper. It's like, wow, well, you know, great. Thank you for, you know, ruining my, my five years relationship by life. But, you know, it is what it is. I am happy with the current one that I am happily that I'm about to get married with her. And when's the wedding date? Uh, next year. Next year. Next year. Um, But yeah, something that she and I, we do discuss a lot. And it's and it's pretty cool that, you know, 
in our previous relationships, we we argue and we fight a lot. In this current one that she and I are in it, we barely do that. There are times in where there's disagreements. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's no such thing as a perfect relationship. There are disagreements. And it's okay to have those disagreements. As long as we respect each other to, you know, assure that I, I understand your point disagree. of view, but you have to understand my point of view as well, you know? And yep. as long as you got that communication, everything is just, I'm yep. telling you, it's communication is key. And, and the cool thing about what you're saying is that you know the flaw. So you know how to how to work it out. I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to give you any guidance of how to do your relationship. Yeah. Everybody has their own thing. I'm just saying that based on my experience, like communication that's always should be and always be the number one aspect on any relationship. And if you do have that, everything else is just whatever, you know, whatever, yeah. you know. Water under a bridge. Yeah, basically, you know? you know, as long as you guys are upfront, honest with each other, don't lie to each other. That's very important, yeah. you know, like do not lie to each other, do not hide anything, do not be dishonest and respect each other. Then the boat will float. Boat will float. Yeah. The boat will float. I like that. Yeah. I like I like floating boats. Me you know? too. I don't like sinking ships. I like I like to sink ships sometimes in life, but I don't like to <laughs> I don't I don't I don't like my sinking ship. You know what I mean? I'm a I'm a mean battleship motherfucker. I will yeah. I'll I'll kick your ass. Oh, let's go. <laughs> you're, you're and me are speaking the same lingo. Uh oh, is my camera taking your shit? Might uh oh. Be. Uh -oh. It's okay. It's okay. Keep talking. Ask ask questions. I'm I'm here. I'm just doing some minor tech support. That's fine to hear. Um, let me see. Well, one of the things I actually did, like, I don't know how we skipped it over, but I do want to ask you, um, how did this whole shindig started with you? Like, what actually prompted you to to start making music? Like, did you have any oh, experience gosh. throughout the years? Like, you play instruments? Like, what actually say, like, oh, yeah, like, I'm going to be making music? Um, okay, so a little bit of background, I guess. Uh, I was a, I played first year clarinet in middle school. Mm -hmm. I picked up guitar towards the end of middle school and the high school and sucked at it. Wasn't, whoa. Oh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's that's cute. That's pretty cool. I just recorded that. It's like, no. <laughs> uh, it wasn't, uh, I wasn't classically trained in any capacity. And I started off being a metalhead. Mm. So like metalhead, punk goes punk, part mm. pop goes punk. Um, I was spoon fed the Beatles, blah, blah. Okay, so in 2014, I graduated high school, and my buddy, right, in the same year as me, was starting to do graduation parties and was starting to DJ those graduation parties. And so he taught me how to DJ, doing all that, and I was garbage, and he inspired me to make or to buy my own gear. Um, around that time, I started uh, senior year, I started diving into like trap and dubstep. So I was really interested in all that. Mm. Um, and then when I started doing the DJing, I started doing some like random like house parties in my area and like would DJ like trap and dubstep and whatever the 
And I hated house music for the record. I, I hated house music. Couldn't stand it. Ironically. I know, right? I hated it. I thought it was boring. There was nothing exciting to it. It was repetitive. It was dull, like blah, 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 blah. Like, it wasn't my thing. So started going to festivals, mm. started raving. I started doing the whole like, you know, like going to main stage. So I saw like Martin Garrix play, Tiesto, Oof. David Guetta, you know, Benny Benassi, Hardwell. like all these big names, Hardwell, all 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 the Afrojack, you know, Ooh. Dimitri Vegas and like, like Mike. Mike. Like, all those boys. Yeah. So I started doing that. Started deep diving more, and I like the music. I like, and like that was all fun, but it wasn't necessarily music I well, like would listen to like regularly on repeat. Mm. But you know, going to the show obviously, and then I started deep diving a little bit more, and then a record label called Nightbase came to be, owned by AC Slater. Yeah, ironically enough, wearing their shirt. Yeah, um, that style of house had this dark grittiness that reminded me of dubstep mm. and this moody atmospheric like oh like you're listening to this song you just like have an automatic stank face just kind of like bass house okay oh yeah so it was it's uk inspired bass house mm. at a more minimal effort but still incorporates all these grimy sounds that are really like like deep and you're yeah. just like oh oh fuck yeah and then uh from there i started really liking house music so from that progression we went to uh, like Dr. Fresh, we went to Sean mm. Frank, we went to Destructo, oh. started deep diving into Mala, Chami, and literally just picked, you know, picked up speed from there. Um, started producing in 2016, super casually. Uh, my buddy, uh, David Donges, who is actually now a professional scorer for video games, and he's currently in process to work and start doing trailers and film. Like, like oh. professionally, he's, he's already got a contract, I believe. And so he's already, he's in that industry and like, that's, that's what he, but he started off making like bass house and some techno and we literally sat in his bedroom and like, he taught me how to use Ableton for like, you know, like a couple of times and I had no idea what the fuck he was doing. And so <laughs> I download, I download Ableton and the first thing I ever started making was Psytrance. No, no cap. Yeah, like boom, boom, like like and then like somewhere like vocals chant like it's garbage. Anyway, so I started learning Ableton, and in 2017, I had a release on a really small boutique label in the house realm. After starting getting better at it, and then I literally like it was a hobbyist thing because I was in college. And I was focused on, I had a, I have a degree in history. I wanted to be a teacher. Oh. So I did all that. Um, and then I started doing more. I had a residency at the nightclub in Santa Barbara. I mm. met enough people and made enough friends and started playing more regularly there. Open up for AC Slater, open up for, uh, who else? Uh, shit, like Wax Motif even. Um, big names. And I was like, oh man, like music crews, what I want. Like this is this is everything I've ever wanted ever. And like, obviously I didn't have the music to back it up, but I knew DJing was enough for me to be like, okay, fuck. Like, this is definitely something like this is, yeah. I, nothing else makes me think harder. Nothing else makes me love harder. Like this is the shit, but my music <coughs> was terrible in the grand scheme of things. I mean, obviously I'm saying that cause that's a biased view. I think my music, you know, then was terrible and it probably wasn't, but anyway, um, the reason why I am in the position that I am in now with the success that I've had now is a direct result of the pandemic. Mm. I went from working 65 hours a week and busting my balls every single week to make enough money, just like, you know, just to save up or whatever 
And when everything paused and everyone went in quarantine mode, I literally worked on music for like 120 hours a week. And then all the night base uh, and like even like Dr. Fresh had their own discord servers. Mm-hmm. Started joining those communities to get closer to everyone. I started posting my music in like their demo groups. So like I would like ask for like feedback and I would just take all that feedback. I would swallow it, digest it. I would like just literally like, like inject it in my brain. I'd figure out how to get better. I would keep YouTubing. At this point, like all before this, you know, the pandemic, I was always on YouTube learning how to do stuff in Ableton. Yeah. But I, I, you know, you, you gain proficiency in making music, but actually understanding what you like and the creative process behind making something that's yours comes with time and pressure. And I didn't have any of that time until literally the pandemic where it gave me all the time in the world. And through the pandemic, I made all the relationships I have now. I like, you know, friends like uh, Chuck Shadow, Phantom Freak, Eric Mark, Trust, Not the Father. Um, that, there's so many others like Concourse. Like, there's so many other musicians. Uh, Soul. Um, there's so many other musicians that I've literally become such good friends with because of the pandemic and the communities communities that I joined. Mm-hmm. And then from there, just developed a sense of self and a way to produce music. And the rest is history. Pretty, pretty, pretty dope history. So, that. not classically trained, highly ambitious. Nothing else makes me love or like want to be alive more and determined to be successful while having enough time to do it during a pandemic. Five keys of success. Those, 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 are the, those are my five keys for why I'm, I am currently where I am, which is still like in the grand scheme of things, I am, you know, I'm here and we, you know, this year at the end of it, I'm hoping to be here. And then the year after that, we're going to be there. But in this little bubble of success, I am the luckiest person on the planet for sure. I'm very honored to be in the position I am to have the recognition that I've had so far. Hey, man. And looking at it, bro, you're in the right direction right now. It's Thank like you. you're getting there. And, and <laughs> it's like, dude, like you, you just recently release or about to release uh your first ep on confession uh, confession yeah that happened uh two a week ago two weeks ago yeah fucking gnarly like <laughs> like yeah. fucking to uh, to chami's label that's big yeah that's fucking crazy huh for somebody who's uh, who's <laughs> about to start off i know i know it's uh it's i as i said I'm the luckiest person on the planet, but also I have developed a pretty gnarly work habit to figure out what I want to do and how to do it. Mm. And it's still surreal to be here having that happen. It's gnarly. Um, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool that the pandemic as much um, bad has happened. A lot of good came out of it. You know, like, like I said before, my podcast started when the pandemic hit. Because I was just basically not feeling there or not happy making music overall. I was just feeling under pressure uh, constantly, um, you know, trying to prove something or prove someone or prove people like I can still do it. And I wasn't happy about it. So I like I put a pause for the cause and started paying more attention to something else. And then podcasts came along and boom, bro, I've never been more happy in my life, man. Talking to Started out talking to myself and then started little by little talking to people. And then last year when I made that that interview with Needy Gritty, it was one of my boys. Shout out to him. 
um, ever since I did that interview with him, is like every every episode was just a concept episode with someone else, nonstop. And now I'm in the same track. I never n- intend to make the podcast to be of a of a me as the host and have a an interviewer on every episode. It wasn't meant for that. And now it's like progressing, 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 progressing to that direction and even better, you know? Well, I'm honored to be here. I only met you like, what, three or four weeks ago? And I yeah. immediately caught your vibe. And I was like, I like this man. He's a good people. Same, bro. Like, so, same. Thanks, thanks for having me on. I appreciate you. <laughs> no, bro. Thank you for coming over to the show, man. And, and to me, it's always an honor and privilege to have people coming over to my show and just kick it with me and just have... Dude, like, like this is the reason why I built the show, bro. To have these conversations, you know, because how much, how much have you ever had a conversation deep dive with someone who, who has been or can similarly understand your struggles as you? Yeah, not many. I mean, especially in the industry, like I prior to me developing the relationships that I have now, like there's no one for me to relate with on mm. industry issues. Cause all right. my friends are not in the industry. I don't live in Los Angeles. So the, the core group of friends that I have aren't fellow musicians and the people around me that I meet in communities that are around me aren't musicians in, in, in my realm, you know, they're not yeah. like music artists. So any questions that I have or any qualms or any issues or any thoughts, like I wouldn't have, I haven't, able to express any of those issues to anyone until literally the pandemic and then i should be like you would actually discuss like oh shit i'm not alone like yeah people also have these struggles like people also yeah. like have these highs and lows and middles you know what i mean it's what it's it's nice to not feel alone i, I agree nice not feel alone. i agree man and it's always good to talk about these sort of things because it's never been it's not enough to discuss about it it's like you never hear these stories with anyone like give me an example of a big artist that you know have you ever heard their struggles have you heard their like all their shit that goes through their heads or every other thing that they have to deal with or even guiding people to go like hey guys i did this i recommend not to do this because this worked on me maybe it may not work for you try to do this and it may work you something like you hardly get to hear these stories. You hardly get to, to hear these with someone else and talk about it. You know, most of the time I when I see stuff or I experience stuff, I got nobody to talk about. Nobody. I It's just me, myself and me. This podcast itself became my own therapy in a way that I can just I like love. I love that. I can you. just like, so nice. you know, well, I, you know, as I, as I said about, you know, even earlier, like you don't have to be a creative person to express yourself and like communicating with others. You get to literally express yourself and it's a cathartic feeling and you get to have a sense of catharsis and it's really good for your mental health. Yeah. Not a lot of people have this option, you know, and they're afraid to speak up. And like, I think also people just don't have that feeling that they can rely on someone to listen either. I think there's, there's a whole Mm. lacking of, might have friends, but you not, might not have friends that actually you feel will be interested in what you have to say, you know? Yeah. Which is sad, which is really fucked up. I, I try and keep a core friend group that I feel like will actually listen and I want to listen for them too, you know? 
I agree. And I hope that at least my podcast can help someone out there. If they're starting to do their own thing and you're helping me out today. I like talking about these things. I feel a lot better than I did this morning. So you're already fucking doing it. Boom. Boom. This man right here, ladies and gentlemen. Boom. Let's go. Let's go, man. Let's go. You're going to hear all the sound effects later on the final product of the show. I'm so, I'm so fucking excited. <laughs> I'm so fucking excited. No, but I mean, I mean, the whole purpose of this show is not only just to please myself as to, you know, to talk about all the shit that I had to endure or experience in the industry, but it's also about talking about it to any up and comer who wants to get involved in the industry. Like if you want to become a music producer or you want to be a videographer, you want to be a sound engineer, an audio engineer, you want to be a DJ, you want to be an artist, you want to be a graphic designer, you want to do this as that. Believe it or not, and even the involved in the entertainment industry as a whole, they're all connected because I hear the same stories from different backgrounds. Like shit, last year I interviewed a good friend of mine who's from Iceland, who's in the Yu-Gi-Oh community. And he's a filmmaker and a writer for Iceland. He actually does a lot of in the um, TV shows horror. And he's and he tells me his story of all the stuff he had to do. And he had to go to school and all the other sh- extra shit. That got. I'm like, dude, like, how's that wild enough to know that everything that does that has happened to you or is happening to you has happened to me as well. Like it's all connected. It, we're it's all connected. All yeah. Connected. And I'm it's just so I'm just trying to guide people as much as possible or help people out to say like if they're experiencing something else, then at least my podcast has a way to help them out in some way, shape or form, you know? And obviously if anybody wants to comment down below and tell me in their experiences, I'm more than happy to listen to it and have the conversations and guide them as much as possible, you know? I'm just giving cool. away like and, and it's well it's cool for you too because like your ability to communicate with others and have a catalog of all these different experiences people like no one I mean I hope no one's necessarily telling anyone what to do and like right. you said earlier you're not telling anyone what to do you're simply just having a communication you know a, a conversation for people to listen to yeah but all these conversations in a row that you have people are able to nitpick and figure out what really like correlates with them. You're mm-hmm. giving you're giving yeah. a lot of different options for like, you know, like, oh I can't I can't relate to that. Oh, I can relate to that. Oh, I can't relate to that. Oh, I can relate to that. It's really cool. So that's that's a nice power to have in your position. It's cool that you're giving options for people to listen and find someone to, that they can actually relate with, you know? I mean that's that's, that's fucking cool. Thank you. So. Thank you, man. I mean, it's it's what uh, I learned this from Charlemagne the God from the Breakfast Club. Um, mm-hmm. A wise man learns from his mistakes. A wiser man learns from other people's mistakes. I, I, I I'm, not, I'm not trying to, you know. To and the be, wisest man does both. Damn, <laughs> damn. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, tr- I'm not trying to be, you know, like to say, yeah, like, yeah, you know, I'm this, this, that, that. No, no, it's, it's it may come up like that, but it's not like. I no, I feel myself like I'm all. a I'm a wiser man to the fact that I've learned so much shit from my own mistakes and the mistakes that a lot of my homies have committed that I learned from them and say okay not to do that and I want yeah. people to be wiser than me when I tell these stories it's like dude this happened to this so and so and look what happened look where they are right now try not to do this you know and obviously. Yeah, right. 
not everybody right. not, not, not everybody's gonna have the same blueprint like you can't have like for example jay-z can give you his exact blueprint no pun his exact blueprint to his success to how he made it as a rapper he can give it to you he's like this is all i did here you go that doesn't mean it's gonna work it's gonna to work for you. you yeah exactly no, no. It doesn't mean that at all but i would change your wording Mm. Rather than being someone wiser than you, mm. you want someone to be wiser with you because you are also having a chance to be wiser yourself. So don't set yourself short. I'm trying to, I'm trying to hold you accountable. <laughs> the, the look you're giving me right now. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the way you think, man. I like the way you think. I never thought about all, it that way. And now and now it makes more sense for me. Gotta look out for my boys, you know? Always, man. That's what we do, man. I wish, like, you know, we can have a sort of co uh, committedly like this. Like, we do have some, but you can tell, like, in this industry, there's so many um, cutthroats that, and so many people that want to compete yourself. When you, you see yourself, you're like, why the competition? Like, there's enough food for anybody, for everyone. What's, why, why are we doing this? Like, what is it? Like, I don't know. If you see that often in your end, but I do see it a lot in my end. Oh, yeah. In, no, especially I mean, in Miami. Like Miami is the fake it till you make it scene. So I've 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 noticed I went to Miami in 2016 for Ultra mm. and I, I felt like there were a lot of people putting on this persona that wasn't actually. Oh, my God. And like I I'm not one to judge at mm. all. Like I'm I, I never judge a book by its cover, but the perception in the air yeah. of who I was coming in contact with, not at the festival, just in South Beach and everything. I was just yeah. like, are you really this person? Like, is this, is this like a facade? Is, are, are you, are you, are you an actor? Are you, are you, are you like trying to, trying to go for like a, a acting gig? Like, is this practice? Like, are you okay? Like, do you want to talk about something? Like, can I help you? Like, you know what I mean? You start to ask all these questions, like why someone acts a certain way. I'm like, fuck, this is nuts. Same thing in LA, though. People do this shit all the time. So you really, I think, I think it's human. No matter where you go, I really, you're gonna see this shit everywhere. So I do my best to be as genuine as possible. I, yes, yes. My 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 personality is is of the following, where like you meet me and you'll either like me immediately at first because you realize I'm kidding, or you'll like me in a couple of days when you realize I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so I like come off sometimes as like being cocky and like arrogant because it's a self-deprecating joke that I'm actually like the least cocky and arrogant. Right. And like, I'll say some like outlandish shit just like as a joke. And like most of my friends will do the same. We like egg on each other. And like, mm. it's absolute, like it's just a farce. And then I'll meet someone that for I forget that they actually don't know who I am and they've only known me for five minutes. And I'm like, oh, they probably think I said something and they probably thought I meant it. Oh my God. I, <laughs> I, I, I fucked up. I fucked up. So like I'll reach out to them and be like, just in case you thought I was serious, you know, this is an app all the time. I'm saying this right. is like rarely a thing. But there have been moments where I, I think after the fact, like, I don't think that was a tasteful thing to say in front of someone. And then I'm trying to leave a good impression. And I don't want someone to think of me uh, as like a, you know, yeah. and this, this isn't, I'm not, I'm not being like sexist or racist. It's just me, me sounding like I'm like being cocky, for instance, it's just a joke. So I, I'll, I'll reach out to anyone. Like, I just want to apologize just in case you thought I was a certain way. Like, it wasn't that at all. And like, most people are like, Oh, I, I figured that out at the end. Like you're actually like really nice. I was worried for a second. I'm like, okay, good. 
I've I've gotten a lot better about that. I've realized like that that joke gets old really fast. It, like you know, like I'm more confident in myself to not make those jokes, and I like right. I I enjoy my successes in in quiet. You know, I, I try and try and stay under the radar and just like like keep going on the road that I am without having to show off too much. I guess I'm like I'm I'm trying to focus in on myself and not really reveal all of what's going on just so that I don't have anyone bothering me about anything either. So it's, it's interesting to say the least, but I'm definitely, I'm lucky enough to have people in the industry that are very genuine around me, even though there are a lot that are not. That's good. Are not. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I, I, I may proceed that way as well. Like people don't really know me until they do know me. It's like, Oh, okay. Wolfson is like that, you know. It's like, yeah, he, no, exactly. He's not, he's not, he's not serious. He's just joking around. It's just it comes out a little bit more asshole of him, but as he's just joking around. I'm, just, I'm very sarcastic, like highly sarcastic. Really, that is, that is my humor. I am a ultimate sarcastic human being, and that sarcasm <laughs> can almost come off of as as narcissism. Yeah. But I'm joking and I forget that people don't know I'm joking when it comes to me being a sarcastic person. And then I'm like, so it's it's a balancing act. So me, I'm just too honest. And okay, sometimes that can be dangerous too. That, that can be dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny that the people are like, you know, if you can't handle me at my worst, you can handle me at my best. And also the people that like, I'm just being honest, like there's a time and a place for you to be honest. And yeah. sometimes life requires a filter so that you actually don't hurt someone's feelings. <laughs> and that's a hard lesson for some people to learn. And some people yeah. take such pride, like, oh, I'm just honest. I'll never lie to anyone. I'll always be upfront. I'm like, well, you could really hurt someone with that power. Yeah. So you have to have a certain social awareness to like have a, have, you have to know when and where that's a good idea, you know? Yeah, I think that that that's a hard practice to have. If 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 that if you want to be as honest as possible and be a genuine human being, you don't have the social skills to figure out when to be that person. Oh man, I think that's rough. Yeah, I think I think um the podcast has helped me a lot to be a much more of a accepting person or more of a. It's okay to be, you know, it's okay to pull the brakes on on the honesty just a little bit and be sure. a little bit more self-conscious of other people's uh, feelings and concerns, you know? And I do this as well to, with my fiance because sometimes she she gets really mad at me when I'm too honest about certain things. And I, and then I go like, oh, but it's a joke. <laughs> She's like, yeah, no, it's not. You actually Stop. meant you it. Know, no, you, you yeah, you meant. I, I know who you are. Yeah, like you meant <laughs> it. I know you. That wasn't a joke. <laughs> There's some truth in that joke. Like, I know you. Oh man! Yeah. Well, hey, hey, you married her. You better know that she knows you. <laughs> she, she, she can see right through your bullshit, man. <laughs> oh, she knows me when I'm lying because I'm not a really good liar, and that's a lie. <laughs> got me. You got me. You got me. <laughs> but she, but she knows my bluffs. Like she knows, like when I'm lying, it's just like, ah, oh, okay, yeah, all right. It's like you, you saw that I'm bullshitting. It's like, really. What the? What gave that away, huh? This is oh, like uh, sounds, sounds like a great relationship. Yeah, they're very honest and upfront <laughs> with each other. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love you, baby, because she listens to the podcast as well. So I love you too. <laughs>
See, baby, everybody loves you. All right. We're all good. Gotta keep my man in check for me when I'm not around. (laughs) (laughs) Keep him honest, but not too honest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she definitely does check me around. It's like, body check you. Not here. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Like, behave. To behave yourself because she knows when I'm around people to, that I do not like, like I hate them or dislike them to the utmost core. Like I want to punch in their face and I know that I'll say a very snarky comment to say like, fuck you, you know? Yeah, she, sure. She goes and checks me. It's like, not here. Just not right now. be nice. Yeah. Be nice. Please That's be not nice. It. It's not. It's okay. Just be nice. And. And she gets impressed every time we get out. She's like, I'm very impressed that you handled yourself very well. This <laughs> is like, well, I I'm, mean, a, I'm, an, and, I'm an adult. Of course, I'm going to handle myself well in a way. And doing that too, like you're also not wasting negative energy on bullshit that you can be, you know. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's another well. thing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm that, in a certain annoying. age. Yeah, I'm in my, my certain some, age. Sometimes that, you want to give some shit to people, but you yeah. know it's better if you don't. Yeah, I'm 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 already over the whole negative bullshit. Like I'm I'm too old to deal with this drama bull crap. Like I'm no longer in high school. I don't need yeah. to deal with this crap. Even, yeah, and that's how I I I look at it on social media as well. It's like uh, honestly, if I get comment negative comments on me, I'm I'll be like, okay, yeah, <laughs> I'm 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 not gonna waste my time and energy on going on a back and forth on someone who has barely done anything in their fucking career life. So yeah, no, I, I got my first negative comment a few months ago and I really posted, I, I posted on my story. I'm like, wait, is this my first negative comment? <laughs> does, does, this, does this mean I fucking made it? Does this mean I'm fucking doing it right now? And every, everyone was like, Oh my God, dude, you, you're successful. You fucking, you've, you've now entered a new level of in your career. You fucking did it. And then, like I once again, like it was a reminder of how much like my friends and fans like actually like do love me because everyone and their mother was shitting on this guy on my post. Oh. Everyone, and it was, I'm 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 just I wasn't responding. I was just like, but I, I defeated him with I defeated him with kindness because he said something like, "Why do you think you can say you're going to take over California when you're such a small artist? Like, don't you realize that you have no backing and you have no fans oh, wow. and all these people and all and all these people were like, you know, just shitting on him." And I responded like, "Hey, like." I never said I was going to take over California. I was just excited to play shows in California. Um, you're right. I don't have a lot of fans right now, but I'm working on it. And I hope that one day you like my music. And he was like, that was pretty good. Have a good, have a good career. And that was it. That was it. I literally just tried to kill him with kindness. And kill it was fucking with awesome. Kindness. Kill him with was kindness. Epic. It was epic. <laughs> See, that's you handle it pretty well that I did. <laughs> Uh, what I do and <laughs> what I do with with negative comments, I I basically bring them up in my guest and in my show. It's mm. like, oh, you know, because what do you think about this subject? Oh, I'm with this. Is like, oh, well, that's good. That's good to hear because there was this other someone commenting say about this, this, and that, and I, I was puzzled. I thought I was wrong, but hearing from you. Makes it sound like, yeah, I wasn't wrong. I was good. And then I say that on every fucking episode. I with that same question. It's like, what are your thoughts about this? What are your thoughts? You know? So it's like, I'm not I'm not talking about you. How do you know I'm talking about you? No, I'm just being very general and talking about a topic. It's fine. It, Everything's it's fine. fine. It's fine. 
fine. You know, it, it's fine. And you know what's funny is that this person, um, uh, he was a he was a guest of my show last no year. No shit. Last no, year. That's poor behavior. That's very poor behavior. And and the reason why he gave a negative comment on our episode because the episode was entitled um, "Stop Sending Demos to These Record Labels." And I mean the the name the episode says it all. I gave more of a detailed background as to why you should and why you shouldn't. And if you're going to do it, here are the steps of what to do. And asterisk, asterisk, this is not on all labels. While few labels do listen to uh, uh, their submissions, other majority of labels don't. And they and the reasons why is because of this, this and that. I talked to A&Rs about this. I talked to artists about this. I talked to people who work about this. This is the stories they're telling me this. And so I'm you telling had a you. a slightly clickbait, baity title and someone was upset about it and didn't actually listen to your podcast per se. And was starting exactly. To because he says like, oh, you can't be saying stuff like that because my I started my career by doing that, sending demos to labels. And I'm like, did you listen to the podcast? Did you listen no. to the podcast? Oh, yeah. you know me. I listen to your your podcast every day. I listen from beginning to end. La, 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 la. I'm like, it Not seems this to one. Me, it seems to me you didn't because at the beginning I did say n- not every major every record label only a few do listen and the majority don't. And I did say if you still want to listen, send music to that label. This do is it. all the steps that you gotta do yeah. to get their attention. And you got to be real about yourself. You got to face reality versus fantasy, you know, because fantasy is I I just did the, the next Martin Garrett song versus reality. This song may suck. So I did yeah. a, a very comprehensive detail about it. And I asked that same question at every, every other just to say, like, if you're still listening to my podcast, I want you to continue on. No hate, no beef. It's all good, you know. Whatever you do, you man, you're you're on the right path. You got this. But let me tell you, not everybody is as lucky as you. Not everybody sure. is as lucky as me. Not everybody because the exception cannot be the rule. You may be the exception, but you're not the rule. Because 100%. there's definitely, and I say this in the most nicest, respectful way. Not saying, oh, this is a dumb fucker who doesn't know any shit. Like, no, no, I don't say nothing. I say it in the most nicest way and I give them nice, you know, give feedback and. It's telling that it's like educate yourself a little bit and know that I've been in this game for a lot longer than you have. And this is all the stuff that I've experienced and other artists have experienced. Like I know people who are more talented than the person, more talented than me, and they got the shittiest luck on releasing music because labels do not want to fuck with them. Oh, because and it's all because of demo submissions do not work. Yeah. Oh, set, oh. Label, label politics and how yeah, all, all the rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, I, I look. Not everybody can is lucky enough to do it, you know. But when they do do it, here are the steps, you know. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to tell you don't do it. Do it if you want to do it. I say it's a, a waste of time based on my opinion, based on my experience. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do it or you should do it. It's totally up to you if you want to do it or not. And if you do it. All right. Yeah. 100%. Like, no, I, I, I can get by on that. Everything you said so far is pretty fucking true. So I mean, I'm on your team there. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. But I mean, 
This is not Wolfson talking conspiracy theories. <laughs> because people will, will look at me as like, oh, what the fuck is Wolfson? Wolfson never made it. He's a washed up artist from Miami. He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Oh, he he doesn't know. Like he's talking people blah, blah, blah. Say that, do they? Oh, bro. I hear stories about that. Bro. Oh, I hear sorry. stories about that. That's but that, but again, bad. I'm the one with the crazy tinfoil hat, bro. Fucking aliens coming over and taking my brain, bro. I'm talking shit about this. But then again, when some of these artists like you and others who come over to my show and talk about these stories, then I become that petty motherfucker who goes like, <laughs> yeah. see, like, is it me that I'm talking shit? I don't mean to tell you so, but I told you so. Exactly. Yeah, no. Exactly. I no, I, I can get behind that. You know, and I'm, and maybe that's I'm too petty. I shouldn't be that petty of a pettier person. But I'm I just hate the fact that people just like to talk shit about <laughs> me and saying like, oh, you're just a crazy washed up artist who never made it. It's like, well, let me tell you, not every artist's success has to be the same success as you. Success isn't objectively defined. It will be objectively defined by some people, but they're fucking wrong. It's your definition of success that matters. Who gives a fuck what anyone else has to say? Boom. Who gives a fuck? Oh, I feel successful. I'm not a billionaire. I'm, I mean, fuck, dude. I still have so many goals and dreams, but I still feel successful. Yeah. You feel successful? You have a bomb ass podcast. You're fucking engaged. You live in Miami. You're not, I mean, under a bridge. That's it. Fuck everyone else. That's bullshit. Next topic. That's topic. Human beings. <laughs> fuck those kids. <laughs> I'm proud of you. I seriously, <laughs> you're, you're a wonderful individual. And anyone that has anything to say like that, let's go sit on a cactus. So, <laughs> <laughs> was that out of pocket? Sorry, my bad. <laughs> I never heard that. Go sit on a cactus. I usually say, "Oh, go suck a lemon." <laughs> no, I, I like I like I like sit on a cactus because it starts off like, "Oh, you're, oh, you're gonna sit down," and then it's a cactus. You're like, "Fuck," you know what I mean? So. <laughs> I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that for now on, bro. I'm just like, you know what? Go sit on a cactus. I'll take it. Fox. <laughs> Quote Fox. Sit on cactus. I'll make that my new EP name. And I'm going to like, I'm going to, I'm like, I'm going to tag you in it. Yo. Fox. Sit on a cactus EP. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to, it has to have the sickest cover art though. Oh. It has to be like the most legit art ever. What do you think, think it would be, now. bro? I have to think about that. Now. <laughs> give, me, give, me, give, me, give me a couple months. I'll get there. Oh, I'll, I'll hold you on to that for that. For sure. For sure. Deal. <laughs> well, let's move on with that topic, you know, and let's talk about a little bit more about the industry as a whole. You know, what has been your experience so far out of it? You know, <sighs> patience is a requirement. Mm. If you are wanting to get involved in this industry, because have anyone working on your time, you're working on everyone else's time for the industry, people in charge, be it labels or management or uh, booking people or shows. And that requires a lot of patience. I've had enough luck to have a lot of people connect me to the right people to make the, the right friendships to understand how labels work without having mm. to set super high expectations because I know how vicious and competitive this industry is. So when it comes to sending off 
you know, music to labels. Like I have sent off a bunch of music to labels and I've been rejected a bunch of times. But at the same time, for any aspiring artist, like that's something you have to accept. That is how you get better. And if you want to take it a step further with rejection that I've gotten, I've literally emailed them back and be like, thank you so much for emailing me back, everyone. I really appreciate the email um, as a means for me to get better. What would you have recommended I do differently? Mm. And if they're an actual badass fucking label, mm. they will respond and will actually give you some feedback. I've done that three or four different times. Um, and it's been very uh, thought provoking to understand what an A&R for a label that I was going for is actually looking for. So applying that into my music and then redoing it and everything, blah, blah. But um, besides that, I feel like I have done, or I, I, I'm a very lucky individual because my experiences thus far over like the last year and a half, I haven't had any really bad experiences, honestly. Mm, that's good. Um, I think maybe it's a more personal disappointment and lack of realizing certain aspects of the industry. For instance, uh, how much money you have to put into yourself as an artist mm. to, to self-promote and even you know Spotify playlisting and finding the right methodologies to actually get your music out there once you reach a certain caliber. Um, it requires investing in yourself in order to actually gain a return on investment because you can make the you can be the best producer in the world and it doesn't matter if you want to make that a career if no one knows you exist mm. because you're not going to make any money from it. You're not going to be able to develop any relationships from it. You're not going to be able to gain fans from it. So being able to have a budget of money for you to actually put into yourself for promoting yourself um, is really important. And I really didn't, understand that until the last six or seven months because i was just kind of like oh i'll make music and i'll be successful from the music that i make right. like it's unrealistic to say the least so that was a that was a um eye-opening experience to say the least realizing like okay fuck i gotta put money into myself can because that i'm lucky everything's been really good so far That's good, man. Can you actually elaborate a little bit more on that aspect because this is something that many up-and-comers do not know or aren't aware of this. And probably they do know about this, but they choose, they opt to not to do it because it's like, why am I putting money to myself to promote my sons? Like, like I don't want to, I don't want to have bots listen to my sons. And it's like, no, 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 no guys, sure. not, not necessarily is body like it's that's not no that's not what we're trying to t tell you about you know promoting and spending money for yourself for your music can you elaborate a little bit more of that sure. and the process of what you do when you got your song to go out there's a couple of things first of all mm -hmm. thinking about a roadmap when you make a song and you think it's worthwhile your best bet is to sit on it and you begin another project there are people that i know who i love dearly who are continuously holding on to two or three different projects in the hope that they're like, that's their make it or break it track. Mm. I was listening to Jaws talk. I forgot. I think it was on a podcast or I think it might've actually been in a, in a meeting or, or some, some group I, I joined um, that he talked and spoken. 
One of the reasons why he was able to maintain his relevancy after the Feel the Volume track that he came out with Mm. is because he was sitting on so many different tracks that he was able to keep constantly releasing music over and over and over again. So the first mental thing I have for like new artists in regards to like promoting yourself is don't overinvest in one song. You want to have a roadmap of of a variety of songs that you have. If you're going to self-release songs, like this is a great way to do it. If you're going to self-release songs, have like eight or 10 different songs that you have and line them up to be released every three to four weeks. Mm. That is genuinely the best way to have your engagement all the time and be able to promote yourself. Second to that is you want to support the music with interactive content. So investing in someone to have, you know, to make you a really neat looking cover art, as silly as it is, a really interesting piece of art as your cover art for a release can be in enough of an interest for someone to be like, oh, this looks kind of cool. Even though it looks cool, but you're listening to it, that actual engagement with your eyes does something psychologically to get you interested to listen to it. You know what I mean? If you make something that's, artistically kind of bland and looks like you made it in you know paint like ms paint someone's probably going to look at that think it's unprofessional and proceed to not listen to it because they're going to assume that the thing that they're going to listen to is also unprofessional Mm. so there's a psychological aspect to investing in someone or yourself if you want to learn how to do graphic design like i'm starting to do i'm starting to learn how to do photo i mean I'm becoming proficient at Photoshop, 3D modeling, After Effects, Premiere. Like I'm, I'm I love Same. all that. Different, that I love, yeah. So I'm doing all that, but and especially as a new artist, like investing enough in someone to like make that, and also like little animated 30 second teasers to put on your Instagram. Mm. Another methodology is on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. Um, you getting a chance to actually put down ads for your music. So with a little 30 second clip, if you put down like three or $4 a day over the, like the course of like 20 days, you can have engagement for, I think it's like up to like 16 to like 2000 people. And every time I do that, I get one or two or three or four different follows from a new fan or something like that it becomes a snowball effect for you to actually get more fans and people to notice you. Another one to promote yourself, not necessarily financially, but is to get involved in communities on Discord and stuff, like mm-hmm. Dr. Fresh his community, Nightbase, Wax Motif, all these different opportunities for you to get involved with other people and in your realm and like go off of feedback. That's definitely investing in yourself. If you think your music is good enough and you're not releasing it on a label, but you're self-releasing it, um, even if you are releasing it on a label, you, there are things like Submit Hub that you can go ahead and pay a couple of credits for. And there's like a huge bunch of playlisters that are all like genuine playlisters for the most part, but they have to like, they'll, they'll listen to your song and determine whether or not it's a good fit for them or not. Investing in those kinds of things to get your music out there, or at least attempt to get your music out there. Mm-hmm. All these things eventually build up over time. Investing in yourself also, not necessarily financially, but getting into TikTok and YouTube and like having every platform at your disposal to get your name out there. Like the reason why I'm so constantly engaging on Twitter now, which I used to fucking hate Twitter. The reason why I talk on Twitter so much is because my connections on Twitter that I've made, I mean, I was at, I think maybe 
three or four months ago, I think it was at like 400 followers. Now I'm almost at 700. Just because I keep constantly commenting and engaging and retweeting and commenting and engaging and retweeting. You know what I mean? There are all these different methodologies that you have to invest into yourself and be like, like aware of in order for you to actually get your music out there. (laughs) That's how you end up with a dab. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, I just did a dab. Bam. (laughs) I just did did like the Squidward dab too. (laughs) I mean, and and once again, like, like you said about Jay-Z giving someone a, a, a blueprint of how he was able to be successful. You can do all that and it may not work for you. Mm-hmm. You know, it has worked for me so far and I'm, you know, still learning how to do all of that. And that's the thing too, is like, you have to make the first couple of baby steps in order to get like your foot in the door to figure out how to do all of that. And then yeah. you just keep reapplying all that information and reassessing how to do it better. And eventually it's the snowball that really does start to roll down the hill. And then it just, you know. And yeah, you couldn't have said it any better, man. I mean, and and another thing is that maybe, like you said, it it may not work on you, but you can use it as a reference. You can take some ideas of this and apply it to you. And maybe one of those things actually does help you around. That's the goal. That's the goal, guys. That's the goal. What are your thoughts about going, um, releasing music independently versus releasing on the labels? You know, which route do you think you should go out and start out before you just go ahead and jump the big leagues, or you should actually go jump the big leagues and then do music on your own? Um, I think it should be a combination of both. I think mm. you shouldn't sell yourself short, and I think you should still send your music to labels if you're feeling confident enough. But at the same time, you should send some tracks to labels, other tracks you should self-release. Um, with self-releasing, I mean, two artists I got to give credit for are you knew my buddy Ty and then Brandon Mintz from Canada. They oh, are pretty Canada. much entirely oh Canada. Um, they are pretty much entirely independent artists, which um, is an astounding feat. And then yeah. you knew just won the insomniac competition for uh countdown no way so i went to go see him play bright and early at five o'clock in the afternoon or maybe it was even four o'clock in the afternoon on day two and it was a tough grind to get there but it's fucking worth it they release a lot of their music independently and that requires consistency so they have mm. a branding they have a look they have a consistency in how their cover arts look so you can easily distinguish who is who um, they have a regular release schedule so that they're able to get their music out there repetitively and have a constant flow of content. And then eventually over time, if your music is good enough and you get an, you're getting enough traction based on algorithms, like they've both been put in editorial playlists before without any major label release. That's huge. That's a huge accomplishment to be in any editorial yeah. on Spotify and not be associated with the label. So, like, shit, my first ever editorial was, like, last week, and I've been releasing music now for over a year and a half, and that was because of my Confession EP release. To get to get that to that, that level was fucking awesome for me, but these guys are being able to do that at an uh, independent level. So you really have to invest in yourself, create mm-hmm. good content, create good music. Right. And, and it's unfortunate, too, because people also don't want to 
accept that their music may not be good enough mm. and they get disappointed. So like, well, why aren't I getting in playlists? Because potentially, and this may sound harsh, your production quality isn't at a competitive level. Mm. And that is a hard, hard pill to swallow. Yeah. That's a hard fucking pill to swallow because it makes you feel like you're not worth it. However, what are your intentions in this industry? If you're trying to make music to have fun and enjoy yourself, then who gives a fuck? If you're having, like, if that's something that you're proud of and you're getting up, who gives a flying fuck? If you were trying to have a successful career in the industry and you want to make music off of this and you want to have a living doing what we, you know, what we do in this industry, and I'm telling you, I'm not making a living yet. I'm still waiting for my return on investment. I've put a lot of time and effort and money into this project. And I'm, it's looking positive. Like my, my, my future is very bright. And I'm, as mm. I said, a lot of hard work and I'm very lucky. But people really need to take into consideration. If you want to do this for a living, you have to be at a competitive level like any sport. And this is a dog-eat-dog competition, not yeah. necessarily between the artists, but for the big dogs that are looking below at what they can make money off of, mm -hmm. how are you going to give someone in power the ability to make money off of you? You have to be attractive in that realm. And if you're not, it's unrealistic for you to expect more of what's to come from your music without yeah. reaching those levels. And that's fucking, that is so painful to tell someone. It, 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 like, it, it is. I love it to is. make music to make music. However, my mentality has also shifted that I'm this close now to making a career and making a name for myself that I am now working very diligently to also be competitive and make money from it because I don't want anything else. But for those that are also starting off and making music, but they're like, they've only made like one or two songs and they're like, oh, I want to make money off the industry. You have a long fucking road. But the thing is too, is even though you might be in the behind the pack, in, in terms of people that are ahead of you in, in, in this, you know, this race to make it to the top, which is not a race, but people visualize it as one. If I started a year ago and you start today, I'm ahead of you. However, if you start today, someone a year from now that starts that, you know, then you're going to be a year ahead of them. There is enough food on the table for everyone. Yes. And you're able to get there at your own pace. Yes. You just have to do it. But you also have to have realistic expectations and figure yes. out how to meet the competitive level of everyone else. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done with my diatribe. Thank you. I'm, thank you for coming to my TED Talks. <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen. I'm out. Peace out, bitches. Namaste, bitches. Namaste, okay. bitches. <laughs> Preach. Preach. Motherfuckers. <gasps> Motherfuckers. That's exactly what it's supposed to be. Guys, if you listen to this, if you ever listen to any of your artists' favorite interviews, the first thing they'll tell you when they say how you made it, what is the key to your success? Guys, all these people were broke as shit and they were just doing I'm still it. I'm broke as shit. Okay, I'm not broke as shit, but I feel broke as shit. I'm broke as shit too. <laughs> all these people, they were just happy doing what they love to do. They were they didn't, they had zero expectations of making any money behind it. They just did what they want to do. They love it. They they weren't seeking it for the fame, for the glory, for the bitches and the hoes and the, all the alcohol and the VIPs and bullshit and whatnot. No, they only did it because they love music. They were passionate about it. 
And they was, and they started out many, many years struggling until they finally saw their investment. And once they saw their investment, bam, they took off. And that's it. That's everyone's story. They will tell you there is no shortcut. There is a shortcut, but <laughs> it's going to really shortcut. There's no-, there's no shortcut. But you know what? People find shortcuts. And I'll tell you this. When you find these shortcuts, you're going to lose much more than what you actually put in in the beginning. Thank you buying that. Let me t- let me rephrase this a little bit more. The quicker they hit, the harder they fall. I can get behind that too. Because Coast production. <coughs> Mommy <coughs> daddy money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Trust fund Bubby. <laughs> Yo, dude, do you have COVID? What the fuck? Don't, don't give that to me. No, no, no. I don't give I don't carry electronic COVIDs, man. <laughs> yeah, that's so stupid. <laughs> Hey, get this man the hook off the stage. <laughs> hey, I don't try to be a comedian, man. That's not my fan, man. That's not my fan. I just try oh, to be fuck funny. You. It's natural. Shut up. <laughs> oh, 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 shit. It died. Oh, it didn't like my comment. Middle fingers up. Middle fingers up. Sorry, Wolfson. Middle fingers up. Middle fingers up. Middle fingers up in the air. (laughs) (laughs) You're gonna hear all of the sound effects, bro. You're gonna hear it. Oh my god. Just start doing some Beethoven shit. Oh, we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. Maybe. There we go. Right. Guess, 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 guess who's back, motherfuckers. Let's just start doing every fucking bass house, like pre-drop vocal that you can think of right now. Back, motherfuckers. Uh. Yo, <laughs> funny story. I actually did. Um, You ever heard of Hypertrap, that mm-hmm. label? Mm-hmm. I, I did all all three of their vocal samples. That I've probably used you in a song before. That's funny. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. Uh-huh. Interesting. Uh-huh. <laughs> I used to do a lot of that. And it the reason why I did that is um obviously to you know get in touch with the label and then work something around, you know, help me help you type situation. But also sure. it's because um I, as I was making some of my dubstep tracks, like I always wanted to have some killer pre-drops, and most of the time I try to get it out from other songs, you know, just to speed it out or try to get it from you know tv series or anime shows that i watch and whatnot but sometimes they'll come up the way i envision it sure so i decided to do it on my own and then when i did it on my own i was like oh shit what did i just do i i created that's a monster sick. that's sick i like that so i pro- I, I probably i probably used your voice somewhere oh 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 shit! Just give me the CC and you know the credit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, bro. Like it's funny because I even do it in Spanish because I'm bilingual. I can just do it like carajo, <laughs> mama me huevo, cabrón. I feel like Riot Ten would love you. Damn, that'll be dope if Riot Ten could just use my vocals. <laughs> I'll be doing all his fucking vocal uh, pre drops if he wants me to do it. I was just like, 
Ryan, I got you. Here to your first. Well, son's ready for you. I'm ready, bro. Just let me know. I got the mic and everything. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Oh now, God. now, I wanted to ask you, what is your creative process when you're coming down to making some of these hot bangers that you got? I really don't have one. It changes every time. And I think that's what keeps me funky fresh. Mm. Um, sometimes I'll start with a, like creating really crazy fun drums that like develop a fun rhythm and then I work from there. Or sometimes I like do a sound design session and try and make some like really crazy bass house, like even like those set song, like yeah. style house, like you sounds and then incorporate them into like a, a arrangement that sounds cool. Or I'll start with like a super atmospheric intro and try and create, you know, uh, a mood out of thin air and create a vibe and then use some musical misdirection and create like a theatrical intro into like a bass house song, which I'm currently working on a project now to do. Honestly, there's no real rhyme or reason, but I also don't force myself anymore. Mm. I used to put a lot of pressure to like, okay, you got to do like, two hours a day every day forever or you're a failure like no 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 like mm. that that's actually i will admit that's a good way to learn when you're learning a new tool yeah that is the best way to learn a little bit every day 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 once you reach a certain level of, of efficiency where you're you know you kind of plateau in terms of how much you're learning and now you're just becoming a creative and trying to come up with a new idea through everything you're using at that point, putting all that pressure on yourself, it's you're gonna have you know lost returns because you're gonna burn out. So, not forcing yourself to be creative and only using your creative brain when you're actually feeling creative is a lot more fruitful than having to like just get like just fucking just do it. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, do you actually get? writer's block or do you believe it's in the term of writer's block it's not writer's block i think it's like i'm bored of making music i want to do something else okay i ref- i don't i don't want to call it writer's block anymore because it's not a block like I, I can write i can make something i can make something that's garbage mm-hmm. and not up to my standard and then i want to reuse it again mm. so i'd rather write something when i'm in a very creative mode that's up to my standard and not force myself to get in that that mode, if that makes sense. So you don't actually believe in that term of writer's block. I mean, it's hard to describe because I mean, some people really do have a mental block. My cat's freaking the fuck out again. Oh, uh, oh. It's hard to describe writer's block. Are you done? Too much undergrad. I'm coming. Ah, it's hard to describe writer's block because right. too much, too much. Sorry. Okay, lay down. Lay down. <laughs> um, there you go. Good job, cat. Um, I think writer's block is a sense of of failure and genuine. Um, like it's a it's like an actual physical imp- impedance on what you're able to do. Mm. And I think it's just a general lack of creativity. Like it's not necessarily like a, a block. It's just like you're not in the zone, comparatively speaking, to where you have been previously you can't be super consistent like it's impossible for you to be uh, a hyper creative all the time like you have right. to give your body and your your mind rest okay and 
And how do you feel when it comes to working with collaborations with other people? Like, do you start on on something and you send it over, or you hear a song from someone and you be like, "Yo, can I get on it?" Like, wh- how what goes through um, your head? I mean, I think mostly a lot of the time, I like I I like to if it's a collaboration, I actually like to have someone send me something to work on versus like it's hard for me to figure out when I'm done working on like my half to like give someone another project because if i get into the zone of something i like i'll finish it and then i'm like well fuck what are they going to collaborate on mm. so i like to actually have someone send me something and then i can work on it but I, I like collaborations um although this year i'm doing my best to actually hold off on collaborations i really want to focus on my sound and right. really put it out there um yeah no it's yeah no collaborations are fucking great but it's it's a tough balancing act to make sure that everyone's doing equal parts. Yeah. So I have I have issues with collaboration, and it's because of the people that I worked in the past. Um, and most of the time, is like I I'm the one who has something. They they're dull. They're they're bored, and I just never hear them back again. Yeah, I mean I'm guilty of that too. Um, there are times where I get to preoccupied in the rest of my life that I neglect other projects. And the thing is, is like I never stick with one project for too long. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a either it happens or it doesn't for me, which is not fair to a lot of people. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, as I said, it's a, it's a hard balancing act for sure. Cause you can hurt other people's feelings, but you have to have a complete like open, like clear window of communication. Like, okay, hi, this is a cool idea. I will work on it at my own pace. If you need to be yeah. rushed or you need to be done, I can't guarantee anything. Once again, it's all about communication. I agree, man. Now, when it comes to to do sound designing, do you believe that the concept of sound designing should be a luxury or a necessity for a producer? I think it's a necessity if you want to actually stand out amongst the crowd. Really? You can you can resample and redo someone else's sound, but actually being able to understand sound synthesis mm-hmm. and how to create your own sounds out of thin fucking air because you know what you're doing and then you're able to manipulate that and force it into something else. Having that power is very important when you're wanting to stand out in a crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, you can be super creative with samples and you can always, you can create some, I mean, shit. I mean, the the magic sampling era that we're in, like all my drums are all samples. I'm not, I don't have a drum kit at home. I don't have a drum synthesizer that I'm using. I literally use all samples. My drums sound fucking awesome. Like I love my drums. And like, I occasionally use, you know, bass samples and whatnot, but in reality, being able to make your own shit, it's fucking, it's fun. It's super fun. It's super duper fun. That's one of my favorite parts about making music because you make a noise and you're like, oh, I just did that. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's interesting because everybody has a different answer for oh, this yeah. question. Once again, there's there's no there's no correcting it. No, at all. of course not. And I like it. I like asking this to everyone. And it, and you're like literally the first house producer who tells me that it is a necessity. Because every other house people tells me like it really isn't. It's more of a luxury. It's cool if you do, but it's like you have so much control over everything if you know how to make some shit. Yeah, that's, it. that's all. I'm, that's all I'm gonna finish with that one on because like it's fucking awesome. It's so fun. That's really dope, is. man. 
that's dope, man. And I appreciate that, man. I do believe that that sound designing it for me, sound designing should be a necessity for every producer because, like, hey, if you want to stand so out, intimidating, it's terrifying. You're literally making sounds, not even just music. You're like, you're right. It's scary. There's knobs. There's buttons. There's what the fuck is an oscillator? I don't know what's on. You know what I mean? Like all, all just sorts, all sorts fuck of around. Just figure it out. Fuck just, around. Just press buttons. It's fun. Play. Just, just, just play. twist the knobs. Twist the knobs. But I do exactly. feel like it has to be because like if you want to stand out for other people, you want to sound different. You don't want to sound the same as Martin Garrett's, right? You, no, 100%. You, you want to sound as you, you know? And it's well, funny because I somebody from the Discord group the, that the other day was talking, um, I forgot what, what the, uh, the kid's name is. Um, he's going to come over to the show and we could talk about it. But he he sent us a song to me and Zach. And me and Zach, we're, we fought the same thing. And it's wow because he said that, oh, shit, this sounds like a Bandle song. And I say, like, that's fucking weird because I thought it was a 12 Planet song. Because mm. it because it's the drop itself, it sounds like a 12 Planet or Bandle's type, you know, synthesize and we both simultaneously thought about it and i and i gave the the feedback to the to the guy it's like dude if you did you did this or this is a preset no it's i did this like i had to recreate it's like you had to still fuck around with that same sound because you don't want to be the guy that sounds like oh yeah this is the guy that sounds like a bandles or 12 like no you want to be the guy that like holy shit it's this guy this guy is this guy, you know? But me being glass half full, if he sounds anywhere close to 12 Planet or Bandles, that's a good start. I know. I mean, I told him, it's like, dude, that's a good start. The fact that you actually managed to recreate a sound from Serum that not many people can actually recreate it from, uh, from artists, you know? And fucking, hey, kudos that you managed to do it, bro. I had no problem against that. My issue is that at the end of the day, it still sounds like Bandles or 12 Planet. Right. I'm I'm not hearing you and I want to yeah. hear you. Yeah. I, I don't want to hear Bandles or 12 because I can just hear them out. I want to hear you. And I tell this like, dude, the pattern, dope. Keep the pattern, the, everything, the, just the sound. Just fuck up the sound a little bit more. Like, resample it. Just play around a little bit more, you know? Just a little bit more, man, because you Something, have it. Anything. And, and a little, it's a little bit more spice. I yeah. A little bit, you know, spicy meatball, you know. It's a spicy meatball. Yeah. What about a booby? <laughs> I mean, it's okay. And I told him, it's okay if you want to have like a little piece of it. Say like, you know, that you did it from that. But circle by, you don't no, want to no, sound no, like no, the yeah. artist. You want to sound like you. You become, don't follow the trend. Become the trend. 100%. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to buy that too. Yeah. We're going to wrap this up, man. We got like few more questions and we can wrap it up from here, man. Holy shit, we've been talking for two hours? Yeah, bro. Wow. <laughs> that's, wow. How, that's how it goes in the Lone Wolf podcast, man. We talk here. We don't even know how much time we talk, man. We, we just do it and kick it and that's it. My girlfriend's going to be pissed. <laughs> I gotta, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to meet up with her right after this. So. Oh, okay. All right, ask away. Rapid fire. Let's All go. Right. All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So, this is actually a very good one. Why is it that you actually decide to use your artist name as Fox? Why uh, Fox? My last, my last name is Fox. I've oh, no shit. In, I've gotten in and out of things because of my last name, Fox. And so, I thought one day randomly that it would be a good euphemism for fucked. 
you know? So like I my first DJ name was Get Foxed, like get fucked. Yeah. Stupid. And then it was kind of like Facebook where they started off as the Facebook. I just got rid of get and now it was just became foxed. That's so fucking everyone's dope. Gonna, everyone's gonna get foxed. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. Um so, it works. What has been your greatest accomplishment up till now? Uh, my confession EP, and then literally last night I found out that I made it to Night Owl Radio, hosted by Pasquale Rotella. <laughs> <laughs> I Also, 250,000 plays on a mostly independent release. Woo! Let's go! Let's go! That's what's up. That's what's up, man. I like hearing stuff like that, bro. Let's go. By the time this episode airs, it'll probably be March. But it doesn't matter. That's a still hey, like a good coverage. Hey, March is going to be fucking lit. We'll, we'll, laugh. we'll laugh at how much progress has happened in two months. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. So... Right now, what are you currently doing and what do you hope to accomplish by it? Um, making music still. I have a bunch of awesome releases coming in the next few months on big labels. I can't say anything yet, but it's going to be a gnarly fucking year. Yeah. I'm currently in the midst of working on my TikTok and YouTube to bring people tutorials, music reviews, more content about me, more content about my inspiration behind things. Um, going to further develop my skills in the world of 3D modeling to create my own animation. That's something I want to do by the end of the year. Be proficient at using a, a program called Blender. Um, I am currently in the midst of planning a little tour for myself in March. We want to play at five states this time. I did like a 12 stop California tour last year, so I'm looking to do the same, but like travel to these five states. That's about it. That's dope, man. That's the one last question and we can wrap it up, man. This is actually a pretty good one. Let's just say that you're walking down the street and then all of a sudden, a cute little futz comes out of nowhere and looks at you and all of a sudden starts talking to you. It's like, yo, Andrew, we need your help. And you're like, wait, wait hold on. A, a cute little what? A fox futz. or a futz? No, a futz. A, 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 a talking fox. A talking fox, like star fox. Yeah, okay. If he asked me for my help, I would absolutely join him. Yeah. The fuck? I wouldn't even hesitate. First of all, there's a talking animal. And I'm like, I'm either fucked up on drugs or like, this is real. And I don't remember taking any drugs. So it's probably real. I'm, I'm going for it. So, okay. So, so you follow the thoughts. And all of a sudden, you see a spaceship. And you're, you realize, like, oh, holy shit. It's Star Fox. The actual okay. Star Fox. It's like, Andrew, we need your help. Only I get on the ship. I only you can I help on, us. No, I, no, I, I get on the ship. I, I'm, I'm not hesitating. It's fucking Star. What the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you hesitate? I wouldn't hesitate. <laughs> Star Fox. I'm just happy I can make you happy. That's all I want. Before he, before you go into the ship, because he's he's like, well, I'm happy. All right, but before you get into the ship, we don't know how long you're gonna be out here fighting our wars. So here's a piece of paper. Write free pieces of advice that you will give to someone. What are those free pieces of advice? Be true to yourself and don't jeopardize your dignity or integrity for uh, materialism or fame. Uh, don't be afraid to ask for the advice or uh, information of others, even though they may not be knowledgeable of subjects. Mm. Sometimes having people not knowledgeable in subjects that you're asking about for opinions 
is actually very valuable. And um, the greatest lesson in life is to love and to be loved in return. Mm. A quote from Moulin Rouge. Wow. That's actually pretty good. I can't top that. That's actually pretty good. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you so much, man. Thank you very much for coming over to the show, man. It was an honor and privilege to have a sit down with you and have this amazing conversation with you, getting to know each other a, a little bit better. And now, hey, now I gotta go to Miami and come bother you. Well, you know, you got you got my info, man. So you let me know when whenever you come over, I'll I'll be a good host for you and and we'll kick it. All right, man. Such a pleasure meeting you, man. Oh, seriously, I expect you to be on Discord more often, kicking it. Absolutely. I'll definitely be more at Discord and we could definitely still kick it around it. Um, before we leave, plug yourself out. Let the people know where where, where they can follow you and what can they expect to you in the future. This is going to be a March. So keep that in mind. Anything on March or anything in the future. Okay. If it's in March, then you'll already have been experiencing my Bite This single release with Phantom Freak that came out on the 18th of February on Bite This. Uh, Jaws' label, which should be fucking awesome. Pure Animal EP, hopefully, is just still doing well. Um, depending on what time in March, is this going to be like the beginning of March? Or the yeah, of March? The beginning of March. Like the okay, first week of uh, March, you got this. Got it. Okay. Uh, I still can't reveal that one. It's too early. Okay, I got no, another big. Just, another just big say, just say that you, there's something coming oh, in March or in April. So big things are coming in March for my birthday month. Uh, oh, all my, social, all my socials are foxd official, foxd official. DM me if you like my music. Send me any any questions you got. I also have a Patreon, uh, Patreon slash foxd official. I do um, tutorials and I've been helping with samples and also reviewing and doing. Uh, lessons so depending on what tier you get you get a, a an hour lesson with me or more for that matter so there you go dope hope that, you guys like my music and have fun absolutely dope dope man andrew fox thank you so much for coming over to the show man much love to you old son you're you. you are a friend of the show you whenever you want to come back over the show you know me i'll put a year from today we'll do a recap in a year boom you got it you got a year for now. Let's do it. Let's do it, my dude. Let's do it. So thank you so much for coming over to the show. Thank you guys for listening. And remember, every week is a brand new episode. We're a brand new topic. So always remember to like and subscribe for your weekly episodes at the Lone Wolf Podcast for SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And of course, the YouTube channel, Lone Wolf Podcast. That's right, guys. The Lone Wolf Podcast. <laughs> And fucking YouTube. So go ahead Everywhere. and like it. Every Everywhere. fucking where, guys. You Every can't escape the podcast. No, you cannot. You want to learn some of these hot saucy shit? Come over to the YouTube <laughs> channel, guys. And if you guys don't want to do YouTube, that's fine. Go fucking Spotify and look me up. The Lone Wolf Podcast. And if you don't want any of it, sit on a cactus. Sit on a fucking cactus. That's it. Or let me do you one better. If you got a problem or if you got any ex experience that you want to talk about certain things, you want to have a certain topic that you want to share to the world and you want me or Fats to, to cover on the next episode, please let us know on the comments down below. and We'll do our best to talk about it on the next episode. So thank you guys for tuning in. I'll see you guys in the next one. Deuces. Deuces.